Wait, the Real Housewives of Cold Read. Yeah. We're doing the... That's not the interrogation part, right? No, 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 no. no, no. Say that part right, please. <laughs> no. Okay. I've never seen Real Housewives, but I think... Just I confessional, real-world style. That's basically it. Okay. It's a lot of... Talking to the camera uh, with issues. Yeah, issues with other people, people having issues with themselves, even. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate myself so much. <laughs> Why do I eat all that butter? And, you know, you can add something about sketches or something since it's a podcast, if you want. It's, since it's a podcast, right, it's we should add something podcast. about sketches. Wait, yeah. so this is... This is people talking about the podcast as if we're, it's meta. Sure. This is like previously yeah. on. Yeah, okay. this is the Real Housewives of the Cold Read podcast. Okay. Right. Cool. Whenever you're ready, give me a... I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh. Cool. We're rolling? Yeah. Let's do it. Previously on Cold Read... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop laughing, Alex. Previously on the Real Housewives of Cold Read podcast... No, he's got a. G- I could not believe that Rhonda was like all over the guy with the. G- like you could tell that like she was like super into the g- guy, and I was like, um, that's a gun. When I saw him pull out that, g- I was like, oh my god, is that like a? G- it was just my grandfather's g- is all, and it's sentimental to me. I don't keep it loaded, but I do like to like. The back of the head is just like a, a, a bullseye for whacking. I thought once we got into the studio, I could get some free studio time to record my new single, Party Like a Mom. Oh shit, I snuck into Shelly's room and guess what? She has as over everybody's little pictures tacked up over her bed with as over everyone's I think she's a I'm a little scared in this house now. I cheated on my husband. Oh God. Everyone was asking who ate all the licorice, and I ate all the licorice, but I'm not gonna fucking say I ate all the licorice, because that's embarrassing as shit. So, like, what's worst about Shelly bringing her grandfather's stupid gun to my party was then she ate the fucking licorice. Like, that was supposed to be for everyone, you fucking cow. I'm gonna scratch your fucking Oh my out. God, oh my God, fuck you. I will scratch your tits off right now. Guys, Come at me, bitch. I've got a gun. I've got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone dead yet? You're listening to Cold Read. Hey, it's Cold Read. Time to get sad. Burr, I'm reading. Burr, I'm reading. It's cold. All right, welcome to Cold Read, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Colliard. This is my co-host. Gubby Kuwik. And we uh, are ready to do the fourth episode of the podcast. Yay! Yay. Oh, very exciting. We have um, a... Yeah, ninth that? episode. This is ninth episode. Wait. Fourth episode. Keeping you on Fourth track. episode of season two. Okay. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're all on track Man, with that. We're all, so on stable gr- all on stable ground. Um, yeah, okay, so Cold Read Podcast. We're going to read some sketches that myself and my guests wrote, and we're pretty much all seeing them for the first time, pretty much all first drafts. It's going to be crazy and fun. And uh, we have that coming up later in the show, but first we're going to get to know each of our guests a little bit, since some of you might not know them, and we also might find some deep dark secrets like uh we like to get a little mark maroney on the podcast we like to really like get in deep but we only have five minutes so we're gonna have to get fast and furious with this gubby are you ready totally okay so let's start the first segment it's called uh oh boy (laughs) the real housewives confessionals interrogation interrogation we've done this for we've done four episodes and we've done this every single three episodes Nine episodes. This is the fourth episode. Fourth season, nine episode. Look at all the mistakes. I think we should just change it to interrogation. Okay, maybe you're right. Yes. Let's start the segment. Confessionals. All right, great. So we're going to send one of our guests out to write a new sketch. Oh, my God, that happens in this section, too. So one of our guests is going to write a new sketch, and all of them are going to help finish it as we get to know one of them because it's, 
you know, three cooks in the kitchen maybe might be a little too much. So why don't we have Sid start it off? Sid, why don't you go out there and uh, how is about Sid Revolver? Is a guest on the show? Sid is a guest. Oh, we haven't introduced any of the guests. Oh, my Who God. Is Thank this you, host? Eric. Oh, my Thank goodness. You, Eric. Oh, boy. He's very okay. Tired. So, first of all, Sid, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Sydney Oxborough. Thanks for having me here, folks. <laughs> Shane. Hi, I'm Jane White. Jane White's on the show. And then, of course. Oh. <laughs> the arbiter Eric McEwen. Yeah, hi. Yes. I'm sorry for calling you folks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Sid's going to go out and start the sketch. Uh, his suggestion to further influence his writing is Revolver. You got it. Hell yeah. Um, our submission today is by Joe Halverson. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Uh, go on Facebook, follow us on Facebook to see those updates so you can help contribute. Thanks. Um, and let's get to know Jane first. <gasps> Jane, Jane, you're on the spotlight. Hi. How's it feel? Uh, you know, I actually really like being under the spotlight because um, yeah. you're not in control. Once the spotlight kills, then the scene's over. So you kind of leave the control. When's the last time you publicly peed yourself? Oh, this is a great question. Go, yeah, I've, been wondering I've this. never publicly peed myself really? to my not knowledge. Not even as a child? To my knowledge. All yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure I have. I just can't remember it. Not even just like a little bit of pee? Oh, I uh, I sat in a pool of my own urine. Oh, okay. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Once. Hold on. That's a that's a lot. That's a, that's the opposite of what I asked. So you've sat in an entire in a pool pool of uh, yeah. urine. You know those little tiny plastic chairs that are kind of like bucket chairs that they give you in like third yes. grade, fourth grade, mm-hmm. and they're like blue plastic or whatever the color. Yeah. And you're sitting there. And I was sitting there in the computer lab playing like Oregon Trail or like Math Cruncher oh, number no. games or whatever. And I, was, I think I was in third or fourth grade, and I just really had to pee, and the teacher wouldn't let me leave the room. And so I peed in this bucket chair. So then it Aww. became this like receptacle for sitting in my own urine. And right. then it was, I, what are you going to do? You know, well, you just so sit it there. is like peeing yourself. Right. Public, but, but it's it like you keep it. Plus you, you were probably, right. you were probably in the middle of a buffalo hunt. And I you probably was. You got to finish it. Yeah. You got to waste all that meat. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I probably died of dysentery because that is unsanitary. <laughs> there was always at least like I always gauged how well I did by how much meat I wasted. Pounds and pounds and pounds of it. That's that's. America. I would still consider yourself a, a pile of, of meat. What's that? I would still consider myself a pound, like a pile of meat. Like I, my body. Oh, is your like, dead body. I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I am a pile of meat. It's more a sack of water, though, right? Yeah, but it's like really watery. I'm like the watermelon of all, like you know, a meat, meat. products. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, meat's got water in it, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Otherwise, it's jerky. Otherwise, it's jerky. Well, we've figured out quite a few things. See, this is why we get in deep, like Mark Marin, to figure these things out. Good job, Jane. Good job, Thanks, Jane. Folks. Where'd you get your suit of flowers from? Well, uh, okay, so I didn't really get it from anywhere. I assembled it. Oh. So I got the jacket from a friend at a clothes swap, and then I got all the fake flowers from um, a They're thing. fake? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it depends on how you define reality. Alex, right. flowers are fake. She just said it herself. Wait, are you saying all flowers are fake? No, I mean, no, I'm no, saying no, it's I can't relive like them... in this reality where every single flower is fake. Well, it's a reality you craft for yourself, so you can decide whether they're fake or real. Oh, oh so they are real, right? Um, I mean, I don't know. So it's like a lazy book that lets you decide the ending. <laughs> That's not a lazy book. It takes a lot of like actual crafting and, and time to make a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yeah, I think it's an adventure book. Mm-hmm. Or like a lazy Academy Award-winning movie where they like <laughs> let you decide, like, was it reality or was it not reality? Did the, 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 the top fall top over? Fall and fuck that movie. Oh, fuck that movie. Inception is worse. Can I, can I, are we uh, on the same page? This isn't a joke. Like, I really didn't no, like I that movie. It. it was a dumb movie. Yeah. Inception? Yeah. How'd yeah. you feel about, since this is about you, Jane, how did you feel about Inception? Getting deep. Well. Three layers down. I personally feel like it had a really important emotional plot arc for the character. And it was really fun to see the character go through that. Mm-hmm. And a really nice lesson about letting go of someone you love. You and sound so, like an apologist. Oh, did you like I when you couldn't tell you go to hell? what the main <laughs> character is in the snow uh, suits when everyone looked the same? Did you, you like that part? You know, I think it... <laughs> I think I think I think I'm. I, this is in a hostile environment. I feel like you guys Jane, don't you like, like my that? flowers on my flower suit. Jane, You're saying it's Jane, not real. You're Jane, saying that I shouldn't Jane, like snow suits. Jane, oh, you want me to bring my snow out of my car? I will bring it out. Jane, I want you to settle down, okay? Stop looking at all the guns we have pointed at you. Okay. Okay. okay? Just settle down. Okay. Just so you know, mine is filled with flowers, real flowers. Mine's filled with bullets. 
They are fake bullets, but they will kill you. <laughs> you guys, this podcast is harder than I thought it would be. You're doing okay. a great job, though. I want you to tell you it's right. a hard, it's okay. it's hard, but it's good for you. Okay. We just you're going to grow. To, oh, okay, okay. We just want you to admit to yourself that Inception was a bad movie. Yeah. But it had cute people in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a bad movie. Uh, okay, you, okay. All right. Do you see? Do you see the the, the way my finger is squeezing the trigger? What? Who's French? Oh, was there a French accent? Yeah, there's so many yeah. cute things oh, though. That actually wasn't that bad of a movie. I think I was thinking of something else. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> you were thinking of Five Will Goes West. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah that's probably him. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Jane. Why don't you go out and do the second third of the uh, the uh, sketch that we have set out there? You can go relieve Sid of his duties and I shall. bring him back in. In and the meantime, your, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your suggestion, Jane, 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 is uh, flowers. Your suggestion is flowers. Flowers. Yep. You Thank can you. make them real or fake or whatever you want. <laughs> uh, Eric, it's your turn. Oh, good. You're in the spotlight now. All right. How does it feel? Fine. All right. When uh, the spotlight uh, fades. How does it feel? I mean, like when it goes down and no one cares about what you have to say. Well, I, I just assume nobody cares what I have to say when I'm in the spotlight. Oh, really? So, yeah. That's an so interesting it's, way it's to look at it. It's not a big transition. Welcome back, Sid. Hi, Sid. Hi, Sid. Hi, thanks. Yeah, we're talking about fame and fortune. Mm. I guess. Eric, where'd you get your beautiful voice from? Uh, uh, inadequacy. What? Wow. Maybe. How does That's that make a great sense? Answer. Uh, well, you know, in high school when you're trying to differentiate yourself, uh, suddenly you're the short kid with the deep voice and you just uh, maybe ride that a little more <laughs> right. than <laughs> really wrote you it. normally would. Yeah. So, well, there's a lot of things you can do with that in high school. That nice deep, deep voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, you know too, right? What's that? Well, I mean, I mean, people liked me in high school, I think. Mm. When you have a <laughs> Oh, sorry. Was that audible? <laughs> we'll get to that during your five minutes. Uh, no, so. no one liked me in high school. Um, yeah. Were you, were you the weird kid? Were you a weird kid? I was a weird kid. I wore Hawaiian shirts. Nice. Yes, and, me too. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> My dad and, uh, always wore them, what? so I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. And also, you know, just going to rag shock and fun and whatever, like a... a ratty sports coat mm-hmm. that you'd wear over a white t-shirt <laughs> that's great and uh khakis right yeah that's you've got oh, to figure it out oh i khakied it up oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're comfy i don't know i always not as rugged aren't khakis cool at some point in time in history i don't think they ever like are world war ii were, they were really? cool in world war ii yeah i always buy a pair and then i never wear them because they're terrible i wear khakis you do yeah but i don't care if i'm cool I don't care if I'm cool, so I wear khakis. I don't know. Right. I always think people, I don't know, they're, they're so dressy. Yeah. You got to dress up a lot. Yeah. If I get something from Old Navy, I know I'm going someplace fancy for dinner. Mm-hmm. Where does... Someplace they crack that lobster for you. Mm. And sometimes, like, if you go, like, they won't do it at Red Lobster, but if you dress nice enough, they'll do it. A red lobster? Yeah, they'll put get on right khakis for you. They'll put on khakis for you. Ooh, yeah, I did not know that. Nothing yeah. says fancy like a red shirt and khakis at Target, too. It's like <laughs> oh, I'm going yeah. into a like a butler mansion <laughs> where they all where they all just hang out and wait to get called. That's yeah. Target or Best Buy with a blue shirt and khakis. Yeah, khakis really say upper crust, <laughs> and I'm gonna eat this caviar now. Why? I mean, one of those places gots to break out of the mold and put on jeans or something into the uniform. Jeans are over, man. Are they over? Yeah. Oh, man. This khakis, is... jeans predate khakis by like hundreds of years. Well, I feel like on the roller coaster of in and out, they should be on the rise again. Well, somebody's got to reinvent them if you ask me about it. Well, we have the high-waisted uh, pants from her that we're going to get to in the future. That's right. The high-waisted pants. Oh, did they go all the way up? Well, high-waisted jeans. How about that? Yeah, there it is. We figured not? it out. Mm-hmm. Or just go straight to overalls. What do you think a commercial like that would sound like for high-waisted jeans into the futures? Hmm. I'm thinking for Levi, maybe. I think Levi might be able to make it through. Um, Levi's high-waisted. Get wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I, I like think that's that. great. And that's patented by Cold Brew Podcast, Levi Strauss. Right. So yeah, if yeah, you yeah. ever want to have access to that, you need to contact Cold Brew Podcast I think at I, gmail.com. I think I got one too. Like, 
Levi's. High waisted? Yeah. We're high. Mm-hmm. There you go. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Guys, I'm getting a druggy kind of vibe <laughs> here. From well, it's the future. <laughs> it's the future. Weed's going to be legal everywhere. Legal. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. And, you know. And that's why we're wearing, wearing high-waisted pants, because people there don't you know any better. Right, exactly. They're very high. I hope that I live to the future, <laughs> the point in the future when everybody has, when everybody wears like jumpsuits. Hopefully not silver jumpsuits, but it's looking like that's what's going to happen in the future based on what of the future I've seen. Right. Wait, you, what What of the future have you seen? Oh, you know, uh, people that came from space, uh, okay. future Eric, men. We're going we're gonna to keep too. going into this, but you're not going to be able to hear All right, it. Good. That's, because I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> It's time for you to go and finish the sketch. Go relieve Jane of her duties. What's and my suggestion? Uh, your suggestion is... Uh, Waste, high-waisted. 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 However you want to interpret that. Back um, to the future of the planet of the apes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I wonder if like we get to a certain point in the future where they'll be like, we can't do what the movies have done. That's too cliche. This is stupid. We have to come up with something crazy and weird. Probably. Like... Uh, like the fifth element. I was just thinking the fifth <laughs> element. Why not? That Come would it? make more sense. Come on it. <laughs> Hi, Jane. Welcome back. It's Eric. Hi, Eric. Eric, Why you came back. Eric, yeah. You have to get out and re- re- relieve Jane. You guys, I'm kidding. It's me. Oh, my oh, gosh. Hey. Tricks of Brady. Yeah. Oh, I can't wow. see anything. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. We can't see anything because we want to know what our audience is feeling. So we do blindfold ourselves for the podcast. Oh, I thought that was just for the sexy times after the podcast. I mean, it's a you kill two birds with one stone. Nice. I'm here in voice only. <laughs> Sid- Sydney Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we built some tubes out of the studio so that Sid could speak down through the tubes into it. Uh, it's sounding pretty good, I want to say. Sid, how are you doing up there? Where? Uh, up outside of this building. Uh, oh, by the way, we oh, are... I went. Uh, I actually went across the street to get some food. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, Wait, man, you want a mock s- duck? Yeah, send some mock duck our way. You want a mock duck sandwich? We want mock duck sandwich. Uh, I, well, I want mock, mock duck sandwich. What do you guys want? I want mock duck sandwich. What do you guys want? Okay, so two mock duck sandwiches. Okay, what we so want. two mock duck sandwiches. If we want, you want peppers on there? Yeah, well, I have one, one, one with peppers. Jane, what are you thinking? I don't know. What are you thinking? Okay, we're gonna have two with peppers. Two mock duck. We want two mock. Oh, uh, two mock duck with peppers. All right. I would like potato soup. And can I get a potato soup? They don't have potato soup. They don't have potato <laughs> soup, Kevin. I'll get, I'll get a mock duck with peppers. Do you want me to get you a potato and some cheese soup and you could dip the potato in the cheese soup? It'll be like you're eating potato soup. That's what the guy said. Uh, Sid, we're going to have to cancel the order on the soup. We're just going to go with the mock duck All right, with I peppers. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It wasn't working out. It wasn't, ordering no. food. I'll just wait until after. That's fine. Thank you. We appreciate that. Anyway, uh, so are we, we're getting to know Sid right now, right? Hmm. Sid, how do you feel about the spotlight? Um, it's the only place I feel like a human being. Sid, where? It's the only place I feel comfortable in the spotlight. It's a pretty fucked up state of affairs. <laughs> I uh, yeah, yep, that's right. That's about it. Yeah, no. Uh, well, it's I a feel- good place to be. The spotlight loves you. Well, at least something does. <laughs> oh. Sid, where would you get all those rings on your fingers? Um, uh, the state fair. Oh, what? cool. Yeah. Uh, did you go to Rings on a Stick? No. no. You they didn't have that now? It was uh, back behind the Midway. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was like kind a of lot. hiding on all the princess. So many stuff. good rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a skull ring for each finger now. Oh, that yeah, looks really, pretty. like, really mean. And then I got... Pretty. Uh, yeah. Like, pretty, pretty mean. mean. Eight rings of power. Eight power rings. Eight power rings. Wait, you got eight? Isn't there one more? Or is that all of them? Well, I can't fit them on my thumbs. I tried. I so. so, what's on your thumbs then? Just tattoos. Oh, those yeah. are oh, cool. I got rings tattooed on my thumbs because my thumbs are too big to wear thumb rings. Can you believe that? Why don't they make thumb rings big enough for thumbs? That's I, what I said to the carny. <laughs> what do you say back? He said, "I'm not a fucking carny. I'm a fucking jewelry artist." Oh. Um. 
Why don't you go over to the carny side of the fair and see if you can find any rings over there? Oh, God, no, don't go there. Oh, my God. It's dangerous. And the carnies tattooed your thumbs? I tried to have these. Yeah, (laughs) they did do that. And I'm actually satisfied with that. The uh, actual rings that I got from them, the carnies, you know, I I went and tried to have them resized because they're uh, one size fits all. Hmm. And Hmm. I go to the gold guys. They tell me. These rings are one size fits all. We can't resize them. You just switch the latch on there. They're made out of plastic. I'm like, they're made out of plastic. Oh my god! They got ripped off by some carnies. I should have known better. Yeah, man. No offense to carnies. Um, I mean, it could have been anyone. I, because it was dumb of me to assume that these were not plastic rings because they were like pink and neon orange and stuff. So, well, jokes I mean, you on look, me. I right, guess. jokes on you. But you gotta accessorize, guys. That's yeah. that's one thing that men need to understand is that we can accessorize too, and we don't just have to wear free T-shirts that we got at commencement with sweatpants and flip-flops when we go out with girls that are totally dressed up <laughs> and look beautiful, like women, adult women, and. Just because uh, we're so tall, we can wear flip-flops and sweatpants out to the bar. That's not fair. If you're not that tall, then you don't get to do that. So I wear accessories. Preach. All right. You want to bring Eric back? (laughs) Sure. Here we go. No, no, no. Let's just... No, we just yell for him. Eric! Yep. So he should be back and we can start the next section, the actual cold read. Are you ready for that? Oh, man. Can you feel it? Mm -hmm. Can you feel it? It's all a mindset. Okay. He might actually be locked out. So... (laughs) There's the code on the door. Right. Hey. But it's dark out there. Aaron! Hi. Oh, wow. Hello. Whoa. Watch the guns on the way in. Just watch them. Oh, yeah. Watch the guns. We so piled them. I know there's a code on the door, but this isn't the Code Read podcast. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Everybody? They clap for that? Mm. No. <laughs> Eric disagrees. All right. Good. <laughs> well, let's, start. let's start. Is everyone ready? Yes. Okay, so all of my sketches, or, or all, of, all of my guests wrote sketches for us, and we are going to read them now. Uh, I have cast them out for them. It was pretty much kind of random, so uh, we'll see what happens. This is the first time they're seeing them ever. So let's get into it, y'all. Is everyone ready? Everyone got their stuff? Bang a ring, Rufio. Bang a ring. Okay, so the first sketch is by Gubby Kubik. And it's called Humble Bumble Wins a Nobel Nobel Peace Prize. Okay. Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel. Nobel Peace Prize. A woman stands at the podium at the Nobel Peace Prize Awards Ceremony in Stockholm. Behind her sit the King of Sweden and the King of Norway. Almost the entire rest of the stage is covered in flags from around the world. An audience of over 1,000 scientists, doctors, and writers fill the seats, highly anticipating the award winner's speech. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. This doesn't happen very often, but sometimes we do get a scientist, an activist, who goes above and beyond expectations. This person, well, this thoughtful, brilliant scholar about to accept this award is certainly incredibly unique and the first of his kind to accept the Nobel Peace Prize Award. Not only the Nobel Peace Prize Award, but also the Nobel Award in Medicine, and the new Nobel Award in Dance. His work for three decades is particularly amazing because those of his kind have a generally much shorter lifespan. Luckily for us, this doctor is gracing us with his work. Thank you. And now to accept his award, put your hands and your wings together for Mr. Humble Bumble. Oh, doctor, 
I'm definitely humbling for my lady friend Little Wings. Girl. Oh boy. <laughs> Get your ass up here, okay? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Humble and I have been working extensively to combat the rabid decline of bee populations. It's incredibly hard for so many of us organisms to live in your world. Your fucking human world, excuse me. I'm just trying to say something here on behalf of literally every other creature on Earth besides humans. You guys are like seriously the worst thing that could ever have happened to us. I'm a bee, and a lot of bad things can happen to me, but you're by far the worst. Thanks to Humble and myself and our lab's work, we've been able to triple the previous populations of honey and bumblebees. The bumblebee being very dear to Humble's heart and my heart. You should all take a second, you know, like when you're, you fucking shower for an hour and a half, uh, and you all pollute like so much shit into the air. You are the only creatures, you're not the only creatures on this planet, okay? Why don't you just try sharing? Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, let's uh, give it up for little wings, okay? Okay. <laughs> I just want to reiterate something. I'm, I'm taking all these awards today, and, uh, Thank you very much. Like, I don't think I deserve all these. Uh, uh, wait. Yeah, yeah I, deserve, I do deserve all these. Because humans, humans be bad. Y'all, humans be like a virus, okay? You're not like a good person, because, okay, because you're human, okay? Once I see, like, uh, every single person living in a small community commune and, like, uh, everybody's growing carrots, you know? And, like, planting flowers and, like, giving each other flowers and, like, apologizing for shit. It's not until then that I could be, like, yeah, humans be dope, okay? <laughs> It's not like that till then. So watch your shit. <laughs> Humble out. Every day I'm humbling, humbling, humbling. <laughs> All right, end scene. Wonderful. Oh. Great job, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Um, right away, I want to see uh, the improv after this. I want to see... Uh, <laughs> the noble peace people meeting to like discuss their decision to <laughs> give the award to humble bumble uh after this speech <laughs> you guys can all be the committee well he uh no one else really did anything so it's kind <laughs> of a uh you know rest of the packet deal so well, why didn't we give it to uh little wings there <laughs> seems like uh she was a scientist and well, she's a girl, though, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you notice that. I just feel bad about... I feel like we exploited that bold man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I feel like... I mean, don't get me wrong here, but this is a peace prize. I mean, if we awarded the peace prize right. to an uppity, intelligent woman, we, yeah, would, right. uh, we would pave the way for people thinking they could do that. Right, mm. or get a fair you know, salary or anything. So right. we got to nip that in the bud. Right. I'm not familiar. I'm not uh, comfortable with uh, using the word uppity right now. <laughs> and <Well>. seed. <laughs> Great. Um, all right. Well, uh, points to Eric for right. using the word uppity first. <laughs> yep. Good job. All we right. uh, we all were thinking it, and you said it. So <laughs> did I? Oh, boy, I think Jane said it. Did Jane say it? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, points to Sid for pointing out who got the points first. <laughs> <laughs> who, is it, who should have gotten the points? I'm going to give my points back to the show for that one. I'm going to give my points to Gubby. Gubby. Uh, you too, all the Jane. points that I yeah. won uh, for that last sketch, I want to give to Gubby, who wrote the sketch. All right. <laughs> uh, so everyone has one point. <laughs> Even Jane? I have Even, no uh, points. Uh, I have no points. I'm giving my point to Jane. Oh, thank you. I'm, so... 
I'm going to give my point to Gubby. All right. So, so I'm, if I'm keeping track, Eric okay. has five points. Okay. All right, great. So the next sketch is Hannah Barbaric by Jane White. Everyone got their stiff? Okay, so you guys are going to be playing several different characters. Make sure to note who, which characters you're playing and try to get those voices down. You can do it. All right, here we go. It's a sunny morning in a boardroom on the 40th floor of a downtown office building. The windows are open and birds chirp outside. About 10 men and women sit at a round conference table. All around them hung on the walls are blue schematic papers with the grid lines on them showing wild drawings and plans. The CEO, a broad-shouldered, white-haired, goofy-looking guy, stands at the head of the table. Everyone is a cartoon animal. Okay, folks, thanks for coming all down here today to meet with me. You see, Acme Company has always had a proud tradition of making outstanding products for our cartoon brethren. Everybody loves anvils. Everyone nods in agreement and general murmurs consensus of, of consensus are heard. And all crates of dynamite. Our most successful product launch ever was a three-ton bag of birdseed. Yes, yes, we're all very proud of our accomplishments. But the thing is, this Willie Coyote guy keeps coming back and saying that our more elaborate traps aren't creative, creative enough. He's our biggest customer, folks, and I just got off the horn with him this morning. He says he's thinking of taking his business elsewhere unless we can come up with a trap that actually catches Roadrunner. <gasps> oh, that's horrible. Well, we had to go under. Come on, guys, let's see. Now, 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 no one's going under. I've actually been working on some new plans, and if you all want to take a look over here... Jasper points to a blue grid paper stand and rolls back the top sheet to reveal a mock-up of a catapult. It may look like a regular catapult, but the trigger mechanism isn't pulled by the shooter. It's triggered by stepping on a pressure pad miles away. That way, the victim sets off the catapult on themselves. That coyote couldn't possibly mess it up. Great idea. I was also brainstorming and thought that we could just take our basic plans for the 50-foot slingshot and modify them to include a GPS tracking unit. The target just needs to swallow the tracker, and then the slingshot will direct the projectile directly at it. Well, if we're talking new ideas, I have one, too. It's a tin can rigged to a firework, rigged to a three-mile cable, rigged to, uh, um, you know, a, a, a bag of sand... Uh, rigged to a camera, uh, rigged to a, a uh, half-naked man, rigged to uh, a ladder, rigged to the, uh, all the way to the moon, which is then set in motion by a single tear falling upon the head of a match. What do you guys think? The cartoons get more and more worked up discussing grand plans to discuss for hours and hours. Comical amounts of coffee are poured, and the table becomes strewn with schematics as the sun slowly sets. And then millions of rubber bands uh, will slam into place or trapping the victim inside of the crater. One lone cartoon sitting at the end of the table takes his tiny mouse glasses off and stands up. You guys, I've got it. Let's just give him a gun. All heads turn. Seriously, well, just give him a gun and he can just walk up and just shoot Roadrunner right in the face. Boom. Done. Dead. <laughs> Good God, man. A gun? Have some sense. What do you think we are, humans? End scene! There we go. Man, we're, uh, we are definitely, uh, tackling some huge issues right now, you guys. First with the bumblebee, humans are ruining the earth. I just, wanna, I just gotta say that, uh, the, the voice is supposed to be a raspy old man, but then I did a raspy old man in the first one. Oh. Instead of doing an old black man. <laughs> Like the directions were because I thought it was a little too on the nose. <laughs> and then I, so I switched them. Okay, got it. Good. Directors. Um, uh, what do you think for the improv on this? Uh, Nothing? I, got, I don't know. Well, I was thinking uh, we could just do the, uh, 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 the meeting afterwards talking about uh, how they got to kick this guy Tom out who doesn't have any good ideas. This, Yeah. He's, you know, he's trying to bring in guns, and that's not fair. All right, another meeting scene. Let's do it. <laughs> well, 
Um, I mean, we can't fire him because he, we're not paying him in the first place because we all do this as volunteers. Stop we love talking him. about me if I'm, as if I'm not here. <laughs> Tom, get the hell out of here. You Please. can't fire me for exercising my Second Amendment right we to bear arms. We can't fire you, but we can g- kick you out of the conference room. Fine. And drop an anvil on your Fine. head. And oh, we could drop him from the window when he'd fall all the way down onto a trampoline and bounce back up. And oh, you right guys are just are now. full of bad ideas, aren't you? All right, all right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a pressure pad on the outside of this room. Tom, you just wait in here for a second, and we'll put an anvil in the ceiling. Everybody shut the hell up! Okay, okay. Didn't you read the sign on the door? No guns allowed on the premises. It's against the Constitution. You can't ban me from carrying a concealed weapon in here. Oh, come on. The Constitution clearly states that everyone has to come back if they get hurt in a fatal way. That's a real human gun. All it does is shoot out a flag that says bang on it. What's so wrong with that? Prove it. Don't you egg him on. Prove it, buddy. Fine, I'll just point it at my own head and... Oh, no! (laughs) End scene. End scene. All right. Points to Sid, for sure, for, uh, you know, taking one for the team there. Awesome. Does anyone have <laughs> Does anyone have any issues with that? He killed himself. I think it's fair. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, this next one is by Eric McEwen, and it's called uh, Ansel Adams Audiobook. Ansel Adams Audiobook. Who is a picture book artist, right? You just. Why don't you explain the premise a little more? <laughs> So yeah, what else? Yeah, yeah come on, tell us what else you think read. the premise is. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I have anything to set up for this? Go for it. Audible Studios proudly presents 400 photographs by Ansel Adams, read by Scott Brick. 1916 to 1930, Yosemite and the High Sierra. A peak juts from the earth in the matter no man could fashion. A gray shadow against a spotless sky. Darkness reaches upwards, consuming the lake and spitting forth a living form that twists and sways as it reaches for the heavens. Saying to the universe, I am here, I exist, I will perish long before the gray shadows, so say my name in the time we have left together. The repetitive loneliness of a close relationship rolls through the violently sundered earth. The wish for peace and quiet is desperately apparent in a land of solitude that refuses to grant wishes of the short-sighted. Losing oneself in the passes of sameness would be a mercy and a punishment to all who would seek it. We are both the product of stars, pleads the pine to the uncaring mass that refuses to acknowledge it. Snow is a temporary companion that will perish in an incomprehensibly short life cycle. Yet, the pine, the pine feels the weight of the snow. The pine feels the weight of the world. Hey, Jerry. Jerry? Uh, What is it, Scott? You're doing great. I know you want me to artistically describe these pictures, but they all seem very similar. I'm afraid I'll run out of things to say. Let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. It's all swell so far. Hey, Jerry, I'll I'll do my best. We are both the product of stars, pleads the pine to the uncaring mass that refuses to acknowledge it. Snow is a temporary companion that will perish in an incomprehensibly short life cycle. Yet the pine, the pine feels the weight of the snow, the pine feels the weight of the world. Um, uh, howdy-do, inquires the rock. Looks like rain, murmurs the bork. Neither cares for a conversation, but fears of rejecting the others. The tree looks on... Okay, so, uh, mountains, um, shadows suffocate the mountains like a spurned lover's pillow. This is easier than divorce, thinks the shadows. Uh, Scott? Yeah? Everything all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm just, it's, it's all mountains and trees. Tell you what, let's flip ahead and find something new, and we can come back to these later. Brilliant. Okay, um, okay, here we go. Um... Glistening down a seemingly eternal peak flows the lifeblood of spring. With each new cycle of existence comes the slow but assured death of a titan. 
Yet a moment in its life is 10,000 experiences to us. Another waterfall, so a spray of life-giving, no. Um, fertile valley surrounded by supple mounds. <laughs> Let's not say supple mounds, if we can. I- I'm gonna skip ahead some more. Um, I don't think so. Um, are any of these in, in color? Jeez, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the, the mantis shrimp can see the ultraviolet light, but this guy won't pick up a roll of color film. We have a lot of book to cover, Scott. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see a windmill. Maybe it's red. It's a mystery. Jesus wept. Jesus Hey, wept? it's Georgia O'Keefe from the waist up. That's kind of telling, isn't it? Scott. Ugh, the snow. The mountains. Snowy mountains. Snow on mountains. Stream. Streams. Rocks. Trees. Blowing. Bending. Reaching. Shadows. The death. Life. Death. Universe. Morning. Moon. Night. Flowers. Windmill. Nature. Existence. Dark. Light. Play. Plays. Pl- playful meta. Waterfall. Flows. Drips. Clouds. Sun. Sunny. Uh, and, and, and are if it off, but then why? Find time. Futile. Apoc- apocryphal. Happy and mad. Glad. Afraid and normal. Full. Empty. Wistful. Mournful. Sleepy. Dopey. Hungry, peak, peak, peaker, pecker, pack, popping poop, black and white bullshit. Okay, there you go, Jerry. String that shit together however you'd like. I'm done. Scott, Scott, stop. <laughs> stop, Scott, stop. Can you just give me one more word? What? Genius. If you want to get paid, you have to say genius. Genius. Thanks, champ. Go to hell, Jerry. <laughs> and scene. Oh, man. Mm. <clears throat> What's that? <clears throat> oh, I just uh, copied and pasted one thing too much. <laughs> oh, wait. There's an extra one? paragraph. Oh, there's. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> it was really good. It was a really good paragraph. No, it was a solid <laughs> paragraph, man. Yeah, good stuff. Um, all right, great. So let's do the improv. Probably a meeting scene. What do you think, mm-hmm. you guys? Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, think. I think it should be An- Ansel Adams. Taking pictures, talking to themselves. <laughs> Ansel Adams uh, taking pictures, talking to the things he's taking pictures of. Great. Who's uh, said you can be Ansel Adams? You guys can be the the brooks and streams and trees and clouds. Wow, photography. It sure is a new frontier for all of us. How you doing today, Ansel? Great. Just look at this outdoors. You should probably kill yourself today. Well, not today. Not until I document more outdoors so people can see what it's like. You know, me being half-dome and all, I'm only going to look good for five seconds during the peak of the sun. And I'll catch you <laughs> if my name isn't Lancel Adams, Did you photographer say of the earth. I'll be here. Hey, there's a guy on me. <laughs> no way I'm taking a picture of that. Nope. Everyone can imagine themselves out here, alone, like me, Lancel Adams. You should call your wife sometime. (laughs) Maybe. I'm going to just rain, cloud rain down on you. Is that okay? A solitary existence it is for man. Even with new technology to document it. Ansel, you're not alone. Look, I'm a beautiful little tree right in the middle of the clearing. It's beautiful. Ansel, I am a lightning dragon. I take all your color sight. I have been blessed with the sight (laughs) of black and white. End scene. Great. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I don't know where he's from, but no, I don't, I don't <laughs> even that times, accurate. Olden times. Um, I do have to mention that uh, the the first uh, season we recorded in my dad's basement. Uh, he's Italian. The walls are made of marinara sauce. We moved the studio this season uh, to Afghanistan, and we are in one of the caves of the Al Qaeda. They've been renting them out to podcasters. It's super cheap. So I do have to mention that there is maybe a little bit of background noise. They've just started taking up improv, the Al Qaeda, and they've been doing a little bit of practicing in the same area. So if you can hear that in the background, uh, that's what's happening. They're well, that, pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. Oh no, they're they're absolutely really good. Like they're really good at relationship scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and topical too. Very For topical. Sure. Um, because anyway. of what uh, you know happened there a few years ago. So keep an eye out for that. You mean that Onionstown newspaper they put out? What? Skewering modern events. What, they have a Middle Eastern one now? Yeah, Yeah. sure, why not? 
I don't know. All it's I know is that G- Facebook's tagging everything that's not real is satire. And it's uh, Everything that's not real is satire, you guys. That's the new definition of satire. You know why? Because <laughs> the government mm-hmm. doesn't want us making satire anymore. Oh, boy. I think oh the cave is, oh wow. is getting to suit. Okay, yeah. We, we should move on. We should move on. Oh, man. Here we go. Okay, so this next sketch is by Sidney Oxborough, and it's called Hall and Oates Meet Dra- uh, Dracula and the Invisible Man. We see the exterior of a large castle on a cliff amidst a thunderstorm. At the base of the castle, legendary songwriting duo Daryl Hall and John Oates are supervising their road crew loading equipment into the castle. Hondo, make sure my guitars all have new strings. These people are expecting a good show. Yes, Mr. Oates. The peak of Mount Everest, the lights out of the moon, Santa's workshop on the North Pole, and now Transylvania. <laughs> Eat your fucking heart out, Metallica. <laughs> is there anything Hall and Oates can't play? More like, is there anywhere we won't play? I don't know about this, Hall. This place gives me the creeps. Well, you better check that attitude at the drawbridge, Johnny Boy, because this Count Aculate guy is paying us big money to be here. A plume of acrid smoke appears and outsteps a fancy Transylvanian Count. My ears are burning. And what pointy ears you have. Oats, I told you to shut the fucking Ah. hell up. Ha ha, yes, we Transylvanians have certain physiological differences. Such a pleasure to meet one of my favorite American recording artists. I do hope you'll play She's Gone. This guy's gotta be... Yes, I am Count Alucard, and this is my castle. Is there someone else here? Just us and the road crew, Count. I must have been some otherworldly spirit I sensed. No matter. I will have my people help your crew load in your equipment. If you'll join me for a drink in my parlor, we have a a juice bar. (laughs) 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 Sounds great. This knucklehead declared all of our fruits and veggies at customs, and we haven't had a good juice all day. (laughs) We could have created an... International incident. Declaring fruits and veggies is the right thing to do. <laughs> Please, do the juice bar. Holland Oates and Count Alucard make their way to an ornate dining room with wolf heads and large blackbirds mounted on the walls. Please, won't you sit down? Blah, here is my assistant, Igor, right now for this our juices. <laughs> Hmm, his assistant is handicapped. If he's an equal opportunity employer, maybe I was wrong about this guy. Relax, have some juice. It would be rude for us to refuse it. Yes, drink of the goblet which I provided to you and join me in everlasting life. Is there anyone else here who's touching my stuff? I don't see anyone. Yes, a toast to everlasting life. Paul and Oates both take a big sip from the goblet and do a simultaneous spit take. Of blood? <laughs> Daryl, it's blood. He, he He's a man-eater. More like a man-drinker. <laughs> Wait a second. Alucard, that's Dracula backwards. <laughs> Oats, if you think you can make us your slave. Wait, Oats. <laughs> but back, uh, back to Dracula. <laughs> If you think you can make us your slave, you better think again. I can't go for that. No can do. So you've discovered my secret. I am Count Dracula, Lord of Vampires. Hello, Vampires. (laughs) Hello, hello. Is someone else there? Nope. Ah, my old friend, the Invisible Man. You are early for my party. I knew there were private eyes watching us. We're leaving, Dracula. You're out of touch and we're out of time. Please, I feel there has been a misunderstanding. Pardon me, please, if I made an ass out of you and by assuming that you are already were vampires from your successful music career, I would never wish to transform Hall and Oates against their will. Please stay and perform at my monster mash tonight. You mean we're gonna go get performing for Frankenstein? <laughs> And the Wolfman, and the rest? Hot dog, consider us in, fucker. I just hope there aren't any ghosts. 
And scene. <laughs> oh, great, great stuff. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to see um, Hall and Oates talking to Frankenstein and uh, and the Wolfman, just at the party after their show. They just did a great show. They just killed it as Hall and Oates would. Woof. Uh, well, these folks should be about to your intellectual level, Oats. <laughs> yes. Hi. How do you do, Mr. Frankenstein and Mr. Wolfman? Uh, I hope you're like. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. We're big fans of you, too. Myself, personally, that feels good. Keep doing that. Mm. You played Frankenstein's favorite song. Ah, uh, you make dreams come true. Frankenstein, is that a tear on your face? Ah, uh, Frankenstein. Calling himself Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, man. And crying. Right. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, I can't believe you feel. I feel... <laughs> like... <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> and secret. Uh, points to Jane for the humping. Uh, always points for humping. Um, all right. Uh, so this is the last sketch. Uh, that's great stuff. Are you okay, Sid? That's fine. I, like, I crack myself up sometimes. That's the point. That's the point of writing, right? It's all for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is the fourth episode of the Reluctant Adventures of Jeff. Jeff isn't here today. We have a uh, new tech just for today, uh, Walker Martin. Woohoo! Oh, that was him. Great. Uh, <laughs> he's been doing everything for us. But so tonight uh, or day, whenever you're listening to this, Gubby will be playing Jeff instead of Jeff playing. Jeff. There you go. Perfect. Um, oh, great. Oh man, he's competing for your job. Gubby, you can keep it because you have all the highlight lines. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you down. <laughs> all right. Um, so let's do this. The Reluctant Adventures of Jeff, episode four. When we last left Jeff, he was chilling very hard with his new and very first friends of Rome, Maximus, Peter, and Francis. But just as he started to get close to Maximus, Maximus had to leave for no reason and stole Jeff's flying Swiffer wet jet that he had borrowed from his mother, the witch, Kathy. On top of all that, Jeff learned that his cousin, Eric Maher, uh, had died and been buried at sea or something. Oh, whoa. Just as things were looking up for Jeff, life looked him right in the eye and took a dump in his bedroom just to prove that it could. Ugh. So now we find our hero walking across a long pier, his suitcase in hand. He still has his cousin's vacuum, some frozen hot pockets, wet bread, and of course... Plenty of clean undies. Jeff knew that Eric's body would be at this pier. It was Eric's most favorite pier. Plus, something had been beckoning him there. Something really evil or really cool. It was hard to tell. He approached a large freight docked on the pier. It was old and dripping with seaweed and brine. He saw flickering lights and heard muffled voices on the deck and decided to sneak up to the loading ramp to see what was up. What do you mean he's dead? This is unacceptable. I'm not the one who killed him. Settle down. You're being crazy, even for a necromancer. Everything we were for, we were so close to bringing together every single person that Jeff loved for a grand finale of chaos and evil, and then she screwed everything up for us. Ooh, and I'd do it all again. (laughs) Jeff is a great and beautiful man, and very funky fresh. Also, I love him. Plus, Eric isn't dead. He's just not alive. Jeff Jeff peered around the corner of a shipping crate. He saw the silhouette of a whale just past two dark-hooded figures standing over a duffel bag. How did these people know who I am? Did that whale just say she loved me? What do they mean, bring them together, bring them all together in the grand finale? Master hmm. Alex... You can't expect everything to always go as planned. At this point, it just seems like you're forcing things. Whatever. All is lost, Master Gubby. I'm going to kill a whale. Do your worst, you necromancer pigs. You're a pig. No, I'm not. I'm a whale. Um, She ruined our plans, Master Gubby. Last we can do is return the favor. Okay, wait. The favor of ruining plans? Yeah. What plans are we ruining? Wrong! You actually have a blind date, or should I say, a blade date? Wait. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't have any plans. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> You actually have a blind date, or should I say a blade date? The necromancer Alex unsheathed his long dagger and approached Amy the whale. Just then, his co-necromancer Gubby stepped in front of him. Wait. What? You just said you were going to ruin her plans. Right. Yeah. Hold on. That doesn't make sense because uh, now my plans are to go on a date with your knife, right? Is that right? Is that what you said? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? So... If you're going to ruin them, then you ruin her pl- the plans of killing her. So that means you won't. You're not making sense. No, I get it. That totally makes sense. Right? Oh, enough. I'm going to kill the whale. Now that's the plan. Unless you can bring Eric back to life right now. Jeff felt something stir inside him. He needed to save Amy and resurrect Eric using Eric's vacuum to breathe life into Eric's lungs. Okay, you're definitely forcing things now, Alex. Look, five episodes really crept up on me fast. I didn't really plan it out very well. Jeff isn't even here. Anyway, Jeff rushed out from behind his crate, wielding his vacuum of his cousin. He rushed toward the body lying on the ground. I can resurrect him. I have his vacuum. What? <laughs> Jeff collapsed at his cousin's side, pushed the vacuum into Eric's mouth, and squeezed the bag. No, Jeff, don't. They are evil. I know. I hate them. But I must do it for you. I was beckoned here by something, either really evil or really cool, and now I realize it's both, because you're really cool and they're really evil. Don't do it, Jeff. You're too funky fresh. I have to. Ah, yes, yes. Oh, boy. As Jeff pumped Eric's body full of whatever was in that vacuum, Eric Mars stirred. His eyes opened. (laughs) Jeff, did you bring me back to life? You're alive. I did it. I did it. Oh, Jeff, what have you done? New rule, if you resurrect your cousin from the dead in the presence of evil necromancers using his vacuum, he will not come back the same way as he went. (laughs) Eric's body started glowing and so did Amy's and then so did Alex and Gubby's. What's happening? You've completed the circuit. Everybody you know and care about, we are now one. Look! Alex pointed to Amy the whale. Her mouth opened wide and inside were the glowing bodies of all of Jeff's family and friends. Oh, crap. Scott, other Scott, Poojers, Kathy, other Kathy, and other Kathy, Peter, Francis, and even Maximus, they were all there glowing mouths agape. The light blended together and then faded. I'm Officer Stink Jackson. You got a necromancy license? Um, no, I don't. You know it's illegal to operate the dark forces of the undead in the great state of Italy without a notary. The monster enveloped Officer Stink Jansen in a burst of light from the middle of its forehead. Jeff was frozen with fear. The monster turned to face him. It opened its mouth as if to speak. And scene to be continued for the last episode on episode five. Yay! Good job, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and hopefully Jeff will be back for that for his incredible reading skills. Where right. did he go again? I don't know. Up north. Let's pretend Jeff is there. Well, no, it's just that he couldn't get the visa to get to Afghanistan, so he had to stay back home. <laughs> what's so north he of couldn't. It, uh, what's north of Afghanistan? Russia. Uh, Pakistan. Pakistan. Penguins, I think. It's kind of northeast. Hmm. Like mm. generally north or like immediately north? Persia, is that a Magnetic country? North I'm or just no, it's not north, north? Actually, what I said was incorrect because penguins are only on the south That's pole, right. south equator, and actually not on the continent of Antarctica. They're like hanging around like the south tip of like Africa and you stuff. You know, squids only have six arms? I did not know that. Yeah. What a ripoff. Yeah, I agree. You know, it points to Eric for that. <laughs> Fuck job. your facts, James. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we don't have to do improv after that. That was pretty much it. That's, that's how improv works, right? Just saying yeah. a bunch of stuff. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Great uh, oh, you've been keeping track of points, right? Yeah. Cool. Who won? Eric won because he got that five points in the beginning. Oh, that's right. That was a lot of Put points in the beginning. Yeah. Good job, Eric. Good job, everybody. Yay, Yay Eric wins. I, I, I got points by not including myself in that point bit. Yeah, there's, there's a long point bit, and that's how you got the points. Yeah. Um, so now, Eric, you get to cast out the sketch we have uh, that you guys wrote at the beginning of the show. Gubby and I are going to read it. Uh, oh. And you get to cast out well, who's the Buick and who's Stacy. All right. 
Let's let's stay let's stay normal. You'll be the Buick. <laughs> Gabby, you'll right. be Stacy. Right. All right, cool. Here we go. Stacy gazes out of the window at the encroaching storm. At a 1986 Buick Regal drops from the sky. Honk, honk, honk. Buick, you're back! <laughs> honk, 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 honk. Stacy runs out and gets in the Buick. Honk, 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 honk. Look in the glove compartment. Oh, wow, it's a gun! Now, you know what to do with that, don't you, Stacy? Sure do. St- Stacy takes the gun out of the compartment and holds it in her hand, admiring it for a second. <gasps> it's a tiny pistol, like the kind you'd keep in your garter belt in the wild rest. The handle has mother of pearl flowers on it. Mm. I brought you back that back special for you, all the way from your mother's closet in Oneida. She's sad that you don't visit more often. Oh, Buick, you know that mom's dead. Honk, honk, honk. That's your answer for everything. Sometimes I feel like you talk and don't even listen. And then you fly off in the sky exactly the way cars shouldn't. Getting angry at me won't bring back your dead mother or your sense of fashion. Buick, these high-waisted jeans are all the rage at the general store. Well, time to leave. Sure, Leave me with a mystery, a gun, and an empty heart. And a terrible pair of jeans. If I could fucking kill you, I fucking would. (laughs) I wish for death every day, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I envy your mother. Go to hell. End scene! (laughs) Stephen King, eat your heart out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Eric, you also get to pick the improv that happens afterwards. And feel free, everyone, to join in. Oh, uh, let's have uh, Buick and Stacy meet the president. (laughs) (laughs) Hong Hong! Oh, President Obama! Oh, yep. Um, (laughs) Such such a... uh, I'm speechless. Well, well, uh, it's uh, very much a pleasure to meet you. President, uh, every uh, every single time I see you give a speech, I uh, get a little tear in my headlights. Well, I uh, I appreciate that, and uh, the way you speak, it I feel like you uh, had some issues when you were younger in high school. Uh, yeah, You're such well, a melodic uh, voice. It's a funny thing when a short man uh, begins to talk with a deep voice, and uh, people respond to it. Dad! Uh, this is my Stacy, uh, please, uh... Wait a second, you're gonna let that little daughter? fucking girl drive me, are you? Malia? Uh, but, Dad, you said you promised you'd give me a car! That's the only thing I can think of, right? We can have any car in the country we want! Well, uh, would you really want to drive this car? This, uh, this murderous car? Hey, you watch your fucking mouth, Mr. Uh, President. say it with no disrespect, Buick, but you <laughs> are a murderer. <gasps> I've never killed anyone in my life, I've just wanted to. He's never killed anybody. President Obama, what have you... How many people have you killed? Yeah, how many people? Millions of people? Millions of people, well, President uh, Obama? Well, that uh, depends on uh, who you uh, uh, place blame on. And uh, I would I, uh, deny that uh, I am to blame for uh, the situation. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I believe him. I, I, yeah, it was pretty convincing. Hey, can you sign my gun? Of course. Thank you for being such a great citizen, Stacy. You're welcome. President Barack Obama. Is that you complimenting yourself? <laughs> That's me reading my own signature out loud so that anyone who Dad, is you're not reading it me. would know what the signature said. Say, stop touching me, little girl. Get oh. your hands off. Get your grimy hands off of me. Are you planning on saying for a monster match tonight here at the White House? We are having a monster match from Dracula the Wolf Man. Frankenstein and all the rest will uh, be independent. Shot, shots fired. Shots fired. That's right, bitches. Sweet 16 time. Oh. And, and scene. That's good. I forgot to tell you that you did call scene. Oh, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> wasn't gonna My happen. bad. Anyway, that's cold read. Good job, everybody. Yay, Yay we did it. Uh, Eric's the winner this time around. It doesn't yeah. mean anything, although it might mean something. Who knows? Who knows? You hold that dear and close to your heart. Okay. I'll- Hold that deer close to my heart. Yes, please. Um, now, do you guys have any notes for Gubby and I? Uh, just, uh, I guess... Say words stay right. Stay in school. Say words right. Yep, yeah. yep that's stay good. In school, stay in school, read books. Uh, stay in school. Just, yeah, just research, research, research. 
research, 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 research. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. research, yeah. research, like research, 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 research. Right. Like not research, only do you need research. to research, research, but like you need to research, 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 research. Yeah, research how to research and then research the research that went to that research. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Sid. Uh, Thank you, there's Sid. lots of resources out there to research. Well, it's sage wisdom. Research. <laughs> Jane, do you have any notes? Well, um, just that uh, I have to do the kick now. Um, I'm going to drop the gravity in the room and then we're all going to wake up out of this podcast and go into another podcast that we were already in that you weren't aware of because oh. Inception actually rocks and we're in it right now, bitches. Now, here, can I do it? Can we black out before we actually go to the other podcast so the audience is wondering, like, did they or didn't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. Can I just punch you in the face for right now? Yeah, that sounds good. Hey. You sold me, cold read. Hope you're sad now. Hope you're really sad. Great. Good job, guys. Yay. Next week on the Real Housewives of Cold Read podcast. Where are you taking me? I'm taking you to my castle, Rhonda. Okay, but I'm calling my friends. Okay, you get one phone call. It's called a second, and they just uh, put it, I think it's put it in a vat. I've just got a lot of fat in me. So, uh, it's a pretty serious surgery, and... No one in the house is praying for me. Oh my god, Trisha keeps asking me to pray for her, and what she doesn't know is that I am an atheist. I know she's an atheist. I'm so tired of feeling like her god is getting all up on me. I just like to bring up whenever I can, just to bug her, so... I'm gonna scratch your fucking eyes out, bitch. I'll scratch your tits off, Rhonda. Uh, oh, you, Frankenstein. Like, uh, hey, hey now, can't we all just get along to this note song with a title that I don't know that's probably pertinent to the situation? And a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. He's a blood sucker. New day. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you. Ah, ah, ah. Oh. <laughs> ah. I died on the operating table. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>